We are back. Pause up podcast episode 28. Just us three today. I think we more of a house cleaning type of episode, I would say, guys. <laughs> you know, FIU football is kind of getting it back going with their practices. FIU baseball, we have some transfer news. Soccer is back, and we have that schedule out. So just us three today, kind of just a more of a discussion type podcast. No real planning into it, but we have our usuals. Jake, Johnny. Jake, what's up? Uh, if all you football got going, we saw we saw you you saw a little bit of the practice. I was there for the majority of it, and Johnny, right, we saw you the next day. But what's up, Jake? Yeah, um, just super happy to. As you said, there there are so many storylines going on in the world of FIU athletics at the moment, and of course, we love having guests on the show. And of course, a big thank you to everyone who has been on the show as of late. We've been sort of on a hot streak with guests, but it is I, I think it is time to. Um, sort of highlight what we have all been seeing from uh, FIU football in these spring trainings, which, of course, they're, they're going to continue to do for a few weeks before we really get into the start of the season. So super happy to be here. Um, lots of cool stuff to talk about, but we can't start with FIU just yet. We have uh, the man of the hour, the, uh, the man of the match over here, Kevin Barral, participating in the uh, Miami Marlins media softball game yesterday. And uh, he, he put up some numbers, Kevin. Uh, one for two, uh, came home for a, for a run, and, and your team, I believe you were red team, walked away with the win. Just talk talk to us about that experience, Kevin. Just well, just how hyped were you at, at, at the beginning, of, at the beginning of, the, uh, of the game? Next Luis Arise. Next, next, I'm the next Luis Arise. Hit up the middle. First pitch, both of my hit, both of my, well, I made contact twice. The first time I was a grounder, obviously. That's the beautiful play that came up on the Dan Levitard show, but it's fine. <laughs> and uh, made contact on the first pitch there and, and then kind of, you know, had to make an adjustment. Pitcher was thrown, you know, pretty high for the most part. So I knew had to get, you know, a little higher swing. That's exactly what I did. And I got a hit up the middle, was able to score out there. Think Shout out to Andres Bolivar who, who drove me in there. And uh, we had a great time. It was not. A, it wasn't really a close game at all, to be honest oh, with you. Okay. Shout out to the TV, but well, it got, what, what was the final score? It was thirteen to nine. Thirteen to nine. Thirteen to um, nine. It okay. got close once. We were up five zero at one point, okay. and all of a sudden, the right the, the TV guys just came and they scored four runs, and we're like, oh god! All right, we got to we got to score a little bit. Fishing, you're swimming. And we were we were we were swimming, yeah. baby. We were swimming. Did you do the arise thing to the first base coach? No, we did. We did something no. else. It's like some Venezuelan song, so it's like a dance move. So it goes like this, <laughs> and we had to do it five times. <laughs> so I, we all did that. That was so we, we had our own celebration. So wait, so wait a second, wait a second. So you say it was never close in the game. So 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 what was your mood during the course of the game? Where there was never a point where you felt like. The lead wasn't secure, or did you did you sort of have that mama mentality? We're like, oh man, this is light. I'm putting in work. We, There's no way red's gonna go down. Throughout the game, we knew we were trying to have fun, but mm-hmm. at the same time, was like, we need we, come you on. know, no lead is ever safe in softball, especially how slowly we're throwing. You know, the pitchers were throwing the ball. How easy it was to get a base hit, and obviously, us not being the most athletic people ever, you miss, you make a misplay, and the ball goes rolling all the way to the outfield, so all the way to the end of the outfield. So it's like. Inside the park home runs were possible. We had, I believe, three inside the park homers. They had one. So that kind of helped us out. But when, you know, it was 5-4, we were a little bit nervous. We knew we had to get something going here. So we scored, I believe, four runs right after. They scored. They got to nine. We got to 13, but we needed to yeah. close it out. 
It got really, really chippy towards the end. I uh, won't say who, but someone got very mad. I'm not going <laughs> to he's, he's ever going to watch this. Andy Slade <laughs> got very mad. So, uh, <laughs> never. yeah, it was a good time. But, but we were able to close it out, and we celebrated like we won the World Series. Oh, of, of course. You, you say friendly. No, it's competitive. You're, you're, it you're, very, at, you're, competitive. you're at a professional yeah. baseball stadium competing. Of course it's going to be competitive. So, so uh, how much preparation did you do ahead of time for this match? I, I practiced like twice. I went to a baseball field, threw a little bit. I hit. I wasn't feeling too good, but then at one, you know, one, one, a couple of days before we were talking about it, and I'm like, these guys aren't that good. I think we should be good to go. So, mm. so yeah. All right. So who, so who would you say was the MVP of Team Red? Shout out to Christina DiNicola. She played amazing defense. She, if it, if it wasn't for her getting some double plays going, I think we would have been pretty screwed. So, so she, she, had, she had that Jazz Chisholm defense. Okay. Man. I was saying we need something with FIU Media. We need a little, you know, we, we need to do, do some football, pickup basketball. I, Scott Carr, if, if you're listening, we need to do this. It's it, it needs to be pause up versus the world uh, when it comes to like a game of baseball. I, I'd be so down. I'd be so down. Scott, I know you watch this. Yeah, I, you like all our stuff, Scotty. All right, come on, don't don't leave us hanging. All right. Anyway, uh, c- congrats on the performance, Kevin. Did, did they actually give you a, a trophy or a ring or anything? No, just just, we just got a, a lot of high fives. Okay, a lot of high. But it was a good time. I mean, yeah. not many people could say they played on on in Lone Depot Park a uh, media softball game. So facts. facts. Hopefully, facts. I'm chosen to do it again next year. Obviously, fish on. Oh, first this is an annual big... thing. This is an annual thing. We 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 hope it's an annual thing. Okay. The, this was the first time they did it since I believe 2016. I want to say. So mm. it yeah, it's been a while. So cool, cool, cool. Alrighty then, let's get let's into get it the going. Potatoes. Of FIU athletics, yes, sir. Of course, so, being FIU football spring training. Yeah, football. They're they're beginning their summer camp, which is just basically the camp leading all the way up to week zero when FIU makes their way to Ruston, Louisiana, to face on La Tech, nine p.m. Eastern time on CBS Network. That is the first nationally televised game of the season for FIU. Not only that, it is a conference game. And I, I was kind of doing my research to a little bit on, on this game, you know, and and they have some they have a nice quarterback out there. Transfer from Boise State, yes. I want to say. Three-year starter comes into La Tech. Obviously, he's probably going to be the starter, but you have Grayson James on the other side, hopefully, and that's where I want to start. We don't know who the starter is going to be. Coach Mack has yet to announce a starter. I've tried to see if he could get it out a couple times. He's been pretty tough with it. He does not yeah. want to see what it is, but Johnny was there. Jake, you've seen the videos, and you've seen stuff. Yeah. You know, when we look at this team, it's tough to really make the clear picture on who's going to be the starter. Grace and I, I think Grayson looks the most confident, and this is probably mm-hmm. where I'll go to Johnny. But when we look at who's taking how many reps, Hayden Carlson is not taking the most reps. It is Miami Central High School guy, Kiwan Jenkins, taking the second yeah. most reps. It's been Grayson and Jenkins. Johnny, just what have you seen? Obviously, you were there once, but I mean, we saw more than enough to, to know who who's taking more reps. And you know, yeah, I mean, obviously, you talk about Grayson James, who coach uh, talked about, you know. In offseason, he, he dropped 20 pounds. He's now all, you know, he's jacked up and you can see how confident he is, you know, in the quarterback spot. Talk obviously over spring ball, the relationship that he has with all the receivers, and and he's been really good. And he made some nice throws. Um, was it Tuesday morning? He made some nice throws, and you can see he's more accurate and he has a better feel with the offense with David Yosin, especially now in his second, going into his second year. You're going to expect that out of, you know, your rising junior quarterback. 
You talk about Kiwan Jenkins, who obviously a freshman, and he's getting the second reps and snaps, but with him, very different. You know, athletic-wise, he can really run out of the pocket, scramble, find his way yeah. through, and it's also had some nice uh, throws as well. But still, this is a good depth on the quarterback spot. You talk about Hayden Carlson, um, and, you know, we talked about we always talk about the uh, Middle Tennessee game through for four touchdowns. He's obviously it's just it's all about the depth in this team. But right now, Grayson's getting you know more of the snaps and somebody that I obviously you know with a starter last year with ten starts, you can definitely expect. Obviously, it's not announced. We'll probably see that announced you know near come time in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah. Grayson's been the guy who has been very exciting and a guy you can see who's really confident um, into year three mm-hmm. or year three overall with that fine Yeah. And and to, to sort of add on to what you were saying, Johnny, um, there, there there's still so much time for for mm-hmm. for McIntyre and the coaching staff to determine who they want to be the starting quarterback on day one. But something that is absolutely clear in both college and professional football is that experience matters quite a bit, especially when you have to go up against uh, a conference USA opponent in your first game that that historically you and them in recent years have had some battles, like some extreme battles. And Louisiana Tech is one of those teams that a lot, like a good majority of their roster from last year is coming back uh, for this season, right? So in in that regard, I do think Grayson James is turning out to be the best choice because of that experience. You know, he's a junior, right? But uh, the other quarterbacks, freshmen, redshirt freshmen, redshirt sophomore, and – and an actual sophomore. There's, I think there is some talent here with the rest of the quarterbacks in the position. And I will say, I, I wish, I, I wish I was able to go to um, more, more spring, more uh, summer practices uh, that uh, you, uh, Kevin and Johnny have though. I will, I will say, I appreciate all, all your, all your coverage with the videos on social media and whatnot. Uh, so uh, I've been getting information from that, but Keon Jenkins is absolutely the fan favorite at this point because of his career so far in, in Miami Central and, and the numbers he put up and the, the accolades he was able to bring in. But he's a freshman, all right? And a, a freshman is always at a disadvantage to someone who's either in their third or fourth seasons because they know the playbook well. They know the coaching staff. Well, granted, it's a, it's a r- relatively new coaching staff. But but they know what it's like to go up against these tough opponents. And if FIU was taking on the University of Maine week one to begin the season, you could make a case to maybe, all right, let's try out Keon Jenkins or let's try out uh, Amari Jones or, or give Carlson a chance. But Not for the, the fact... The, yeah, the fact that uh, it's Louisiana Tech, which, yeah, FIU had that great win last season, but the couple of years before that, they got smoked by Louisiana Tech, all right? Last year was an awesome matchup, an awesome game. I, I believe we were all there. For, oh, that for, was, uh, I was not there. That was right. the most exciting game of the year. That was the it was overtime the most exciting win. Game of the year. It, it's, it's up there with Bryant, right? But, uh, yeah, I would say experience matters, especially with who – FIU will take on in Louisiana Tech. So I would personally go with Grayson as sort of the safe bet. And I'm not just saying that because we've had him on the show and he was a super cool dude. Uh, but, I mean, biases aside, yeah, experience does matter a lot here. Yeah, with uh, what I'll say is, you know, Kiwan has, for the most part, just been pretty good. But mm-hmm. he's not looked the greatest either at times throughout these scrimmages. They, they do a lot of scrims. And, man, he just, there's times where he just looks lost. And I know some of these staff members are going to be watching this, but man, you know, he's throwing interceptions. There's, there was a time where he threw back-to-back picks. 
to the second stringers. Uh, I believe he threw a pick six. But then there's times like he did, and that, that video was posted on, on the FIU football Twitter, I believe. The Josiah Miaman catch, that was thrown by Kiwan Jenkins. Head top. That was the head top. Yeah, yeah. That, was the, that was the play there. But then you look at Grayson. Grayson looks so much more comfortable in this offense. And I was telling Johnny, like, man, I think Coach Mack should just name Amari the starter. Make mm-hmm. it clear as day who is your starting quarterback and then figure out who's coming after Grayson. Because this is something very interesting that Eric said when we had him on the podcast that how much, how long is it going to take until F coach Mack and the rest of that FIU staff feels the pressure to bring in the Miami legend, Kiwan Jenkins. in? you're going to have his family there. That's the, that's evident. You're going to have more family there. Who's friends with him. You're going to, they're going to want to see Kiwan. If, if Grayson begins to struggle and FIU starts mm-hmm. at 0-2, which I don't think that's the case. I don't really think it should be the case. No. Your point where, you need to rebound quick because that's why you set with high expectations and they've been talking. They want to go to the pro. They want to go to the bowl game. And I think that's, a, that's, that's the expectation that we've seen. Uh, Conference USA got a little bit weaker. They lost some big names, FAU, UTSA. Still some good names in there, but you also have Jackson mm-hmm. State, which isn't very good. Hey, Sam Houston isn't very good. Maine isn't very good. And I know what you're going to say, Jake. And I, in 2020, yes, they lost. Yes. But <laughs> it's a different coach, different staff. So. Right. I do believe FIU should go with Grayson as the starter, mm-hmm. and it should be backed up by none other than Kiwan. I, I am, I'm, and I think Johnny and I have spoken about this before that it's pretty surprising that someone like Hayden Carlson hasn't entered the transfer portal, given you know right. how he's old. He's he's probably the oldest quarterback there when it comes to age and time being there. I believe you know obviously extra eligibility has helped them out a lot with COVID and and a lot more. But mm-hmm. I, I would say. Well, that, Hayden should probably go in the transfer portal. He would get a good shot somewhere else, and he would the, start. The, the transfer portal giveth, and the transfer portal taketh away. And if and if Hayden sees that there's not another D1 school that's immediately w- wanting a player like Carlson, because at, at this point, a few weeks to go until college football starts, I feel like most teams' rosters have some sort of formality on what they want to look like. But uh, I see what you're saying there, but I'm, I'm sure Hayden – has given some thought about it, but uh, at this point, it's it's going to be tough to immediately find a school that will take his services. Now, uh, I, I don't want to scout too much on Louisiana Tech yet. We, we can save that for a future episode before um, that week zero game, but uh, Louisiana Tech is in a completely opposite situation than FIU, who has their veteran quarterback player in Grayson James. Louisiana Tech's uh, quarterback last year, Parker McNeil, graduated, right? So they have to pretty much start from scrap on the quarterback. They brought in a guy. They brought in a guy. They they brought in a bunch of players, right? But now they don't really have as much experience in the quarterback uh, uh, position as they did last year. Because McNeil last year, he put put up some numbers, right? Uh, uh, 18 touchdowns. 1900 yards uh he, he he looked good at times obviously he had a great game against FIU he just came up short there in the end but um, I don't know if there are mind games that coach McIntyre wants to do um in that yeah I'll tell you the name the quarterback will like for them yeah LA Tech's quarterback will be Hank Buck Bachmer mm-hmm. I believe that's how you pr- pronounce it he will be Boise, yes yeah. he was a Boise straight tra- Boise State transfer three-year quarterback there He's going to be coming for LA Tech. I was listening to the G5 podcast today, and that is who will be their starter. It will be Grayson versus him, if Grayson's named the quarterback. I mean, I do want to get Johnny's thoughts, though. Do you think Grayson should be the starter? You know, I, I think based on, you know, him being the starter last year and what we've seen with him and, you know, improving himself a lot and, and you know, 
being under David U.S. offense, and you can see the relationship he's built with a lot of the receivers. You know, he's a veteran guy. He's somebody mm-hmm. you, like you really depend on, and I think you know what deserves to get the starting nine. And I think it's a perfect week zero opening game because usually you get the yeah. week one games against you know the FCS schools, but you're starting a year out against an FBS school in your conference. Yeah. That's a perfect game to see the test of what FIU will have. That's gonna be a huge game. You, this, you, yeah. That's the thing. This and I'm not gonna. You're not gonna hear this often, but this is a huge, huge game yeah. for FIU. This could. Yeah. This is like probably the biggest game of the season when you look at it. It's starting the season, but you're playing a Conference USA team. You need to win Conference USA games, and this is the perfect team to do it against, a team that you went into double overtime with last season. Not surprising it's on national television. Sorry, go Johnny. I was going to say, you got that, and then you have me next week because you have a chance for FIU. They can start out 2-0. That's a very possible factor for FIU to start 2-0, and obviously after that you you got more, you know, interesting matchups, but for FIU, they can really start off on a good note, but it really depends on how that week zero game is against La Tech, which I think mm. is a perfect matchup with these two teams. And I'm excited to see how that plays out on, you know, three weeks. Yeah. And, and, and let's not beat around the bush here, right? There is no game this season. That is, that is a gimme game. Now I would, I wouldn't even say the game against the university of Maine is like a, a, a freebie. It's not right. We saw how FIU struggled. And, and almost lost. They were a two-point conversion away from losing to FCS Bryant last or uh, last season, right? So uh, no game here is is an easy get for FIU. But Louisiana Tech, at least I think we could say at least for right now, because, again, Conference USA is in a weird spot. But as far as talent goes in this conference, Louisiana Tech is one of the upper echelon teams, I would say, along with North Texas, Liberty, and Western Kentucky, which surprise, surprise, FIU has to play all those teams this season. So to get a win against Louisiana Tech to begin your year, it, it's, it, it would absolutely feel great um, for the direction of this program because right after you you get a, t- uh, a two-game homestand against Maine and North Texas uh, the week after. So it, it would just be a great way to start the season. Um, the last thing I'll say about Grayson uh, before we move on is that Grayson talked about it himself when we had him on the show, and he's and and we've talked about this uh, before. I don't think we have completely seen the potential of Grayson James in a college football game this season because of how this team has, especially the offensive line, has battled through injuries and has battled through questionable coaching decisions in the past and has battled through all of that. So if FIU can actually begin the season with a healthy offensive line and healthy weapons around Grayson James, then we can finally see the caliber of him. And he has shown instances last season where he, he looked to be uh, an amazing quarterback for this team. And can we see that against Louisiana tech? I think absolutely we can. And I think we tapped the potential was that Charlotte game threw for 300 yards, ran for two, you know, Mm -hmm. touchdowns. That was the game right there where you saw Grayson and his potential. And obviously, you know, even the La Tech game was a big one for him, the Brian game as well. But I think with Grayson, we saw a lot of, you know, the flashes of what he can do. And obviously, you know, it was, you know, season, you know, with the offensive line and, and, and their factor. I think this year is with you, you know, Grayson back at center. I think you'll see a lot of more confidence in him and itself. And I think it's a great improvement. I think it just shows for the character of the team. You bring back a guy in Grayson who wants to prove himself even more. And I think you said it, you know, Jake, the best. We have so much we have left to see of him. And I'm excited to see what he brings, you know, in 2023. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Grayson about it. And I, I told him, I'm, I'm, I, I said, you know, 
do you how much do you think the healthy offensive line is going to help you? Because as as you both mentioned, this team was hampered by injuries. There were times that this past season where they did not have enough guys to practice. It was that bad. They were down a lot of players, not only in the offensive line, but Tyrese, I believe, was down for a little bit. Chris Mitchell was down for a little bit. You had a lot of guys down, and, and this time around, you're getting the week one fully healthy team. Your only real significant injury is your running back, Flex Joseph. But yeah. I will say, and we'll talk – actually, I do want to talk about the running backs later, but with Grayson, he said he knows it. He's, he's super pumped to finally have a fully healthy team in. And I, I do think it should be Grayson. Now, I do want to ask you both. Who do you think your backup should be? Because obviously the backup will play a big role in this season. How do you, how would you go about the quarterback depth chart? And just quickly to mention who is on that depth chart. Obviously, Armani Jones is injured. So you have Grayson Hayden, Kiwan Jenkins. You have Chain Chain Street, and you have Zachary Waters, who is a Boca yeah. product freshman. Uh, he hasn't been taking too much reps. I could tell you that personally. But I think he took one scrimmage rep. And aside from that, he's just been working on drills. So, Jake, who would you go with as your depth chart? Uh, I, I I would need to do a bit more research into this before I can give a concrete answer. But off off the off top the top of my head, I'd say Grayson one. I'd say Hayden two. I'd say Keon three. I, I'd say the battle for third is is super tough. Going to be super tough between Keon and and Shaden. Uh, and and Zachary, you can throw Zachary in there. I think, but I do think the backup should be Hayden because again, he has the experience. He's put up numbers in games in the past. He's relatively familiar with the playbook as as just like Grayson. So I'd say one two is Grayson then Hayden, and then the battle for third is going to be an interesting one that. I absolutely cannot decide until we see more practice and see what these guys can really do. But I think Keon would be uh, a pretty good quarterback, number three. Also, before Johnny goes, shout out to the NFL. They're back today. I forgot. Jets versus Browns, I believe, is the yeah. matchup on um the, the Hall of Fame game. So shout out to that. All right, Johnny, you're up. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll, yeah, definitely a shout out. You know, glad NFL's back too. Um, you know, if I'm going great to number one, I'm still, you know, it's still hard to decide. I think. If you go based on the snaps that we've seen, you know, you would say Keywan's number two and Hayden's three. But look, we're already now, uh, you know, a, a little bit over a weekend, you know, of, of practice. It's still well, Johnny, I mean, yeah, but there's practices we haven't seen. We've yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, summer, overall, yeah, you know, it's only they're only really a week into to practices. You know, I, I think for me, you put Grayson first. I think between, you know, the backup spot, I think, based on snaps that I've seen in person, you put Keem on two, Hayden three, but you never know. But think about it is there's a lot of depth in this quarterback group, and you know, and there's a lot of um, excitement as well. So interesting to see the battle. Um, but uh, you know, right now we'll, we'll see how it tests out. But Grayson, I think, is definitely deserving to be a starter um, this year. Yeah, I I do think, and it's not even that Grayson's outperformed anyone because. To be honest with you, I mean, the offense has been a little bit of a disappointment throughout most of uh, the, the summer camps that I've been at. And it's not really one one side showing much better than the other. No one's outperformed anyone, to be honest with you, aside from I would say Eric Rivers has really stood out. And we'll talk about him soon because I do want to go a little bit more into other positions, especially that wide receiver room, which has been hyped up a lot this season and for a good reason. I would go Grayson one. I would go Kiwan two, Hayden three and Cherry four. But man, it would not surprise me if pay, if, if Peary goes go, is the third stringer because I don't know why FIU is not using Hayden that much in the reps throughout you know camp thus far. 
But Chaden hasn't looked too bad either. He's looked pretty good. I mean, he he's a Georgia Tech product, a JUCO guy, come in uh, just for an opportunity. I'm, I'm actually going to have an article on him on Athlon very soon because he's he's from Nicar- he has Nicaraguan roots, so cool there. We'll talk a little bit about those mm-hmm. on that article. But, yeah, uh, and then Zachary Waters, I believe he'll just be a scout team guy, to be honest with you, in this first year. A guy who David Yost could really develop. I actually – and I do like that, so – yeah, I'll, I'll do that for now. But I do want to talk about the running back room because, as I mentioned, Flex Joseph is out for the year. He tore his ACL. He's been on the field. I wrote an article on him and how he's been able to help this team despite being injured, been super vocal, been with yeah. the running backs a lot. Um, and that's where I want to go to. Uh, Shamari Lawrence and Kijan Owens will be your main backs this season. Yeah. Um, Johnny, how do you assess the room right now? I think those are the main two guys. Obviously, I think there are other players that I've been taking a decent amount of reps and actually look pretty good. I'm going to have to look through the name, but I want to talk because Shamari Lawrence has been the main back thus far with um, for Grayson. And that's where I look at it. When I look at these scrimmages, you look at who's playing with Grayson James, because for now we think he's going to be the starter. So if it's mm-hmm. Gray- Grayson James, you look who's playing around him. And that's what I've been looking at. And it's usually been, you know, kind of the starters, you know, Chris Mitchell, Jalen Bracey, Josiah, you know, and then you're Shamari Lawrence. So yeah. just assess the room a little bit there. Yeah, I mean Shamari Lawrence, who was at was was at South Dakota, and then comes back to South Florida, where he's from. Went to went to went to Blanche Ely, um, lives in Pompano. Um, he's a big guy, six foot two hundred. He's you know he's really really strong. He's a big back in the group, and obviously Flex was was great last year. We expect him to be a starter. Unfortunately, he's out for the year. But Shamari, uh, I think for him, a local kid that had some flash at South Dakota. I'm really excited to see what he can bring. He's a, you know, a big size guy, which I think could help, you know, you know, getting down the field, you know, breaking tackles and of that nature. He's talking about Key, Key on o, Key John o, Owens, um, another mighty guy who had some, who had some good opportunities, a couple snaps last year. Didn't get a whole lot. I definitely expect a little more of, of touches this year. And adding in Antonio Patterson, yes. who was part of the, the 2022 class, who kind of bulked up a little bit. He's somebody I think can, can make some noise as well. It's running back room, and I think you know it's it's all open because you know you don't really have a starter and flex, but it gives opportunities for tons of guys. Whether it's mm-hmm. you know Shamari Owens, Patterson, guys down the line to get some touches, and I think you know you see Lawrence as a starter, but I think that it's a lot of opportunities for different guys to come in and uh, make a role for themselves in a running back room that always at FIU has depth, and I think this year you'll, you'll see that um, adding in this year. Mm, yeah. The, the one thing I will say about the running back position is that, boy, it sucks <laughs> losing lose, losing Flex Joseph for the season because something that we saw last year was that Flex Joseph was a good enough a running back to pretty much be the main guy for an entire game, handing getting the ball in his hands and then and then and then making plays even with an offensive line that we talked earlier was battered and bruised. He he still found holes um, that he could get through and then do some plays on that end. I, I would like to see FIU football adopt a one-two man style of rushing where they could go one 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 rusher and make a play, take him out, put in another rusher and make another play when the time is needed. Because to have that depth, to have that once once again, it comes back to experience. To have that experience and ability of Lexington Joseph just ripped away from you, that like that, it sucks, but if you were going to have a one-two of Lawrence and Patterson or or Lawrence, I think Lawrence has to be in this conversation no matter what. I think it's Lawrence, 
and either Owens or Patterson. That, that That's my stance on the running back position right now. If, if, you, if you were to adopt a one-two punch system for your rushing game that consisted of, uh, of two backs that just went ham with the ball, especially in games where uh, the, uh, the passing game just is not working and there's a lot of good um, secondaries in Conference USA that FIU is going to have to battle with, Liberty being one of the best um, there is. So to, to adopt a, a, a tough-nosed running game, with multiple backs involved in a say in, in one game. I'm not a coach, but I would like to see that being adopted, especially with the loss of flex. I do want to say with, with the running backs, uh, that was a big issue last season, just getting a run game going, especially with how poor the offensive line play was given, obviously injuries being the big factor. I do want to see how much they implement the run game into the offense this season. Uh, I've seen a lot more pass plays than run game throughout these mm-hmm. practices. I will say it's been kind of an even, but more passing. And I do, and obviously we've seen a lot more action from the tight ends, Josiah Meehan and Jackson McDonald is what we've been seeing a lot more of. That's yeah. the usage of the tight end. They did not use much of their tight ends last season. You can look at Rivaldo Fairweather's stats, yeah. and most of them are juiced because towards the end of the season, that's when they began really getting to him. And specifically that middle Tennessee game where I believe Josiah and Rivaldo both got touchdowns and were you know, you use the two tight end system, which is something I really want to see Coach Yost use. I want to also shout out TJ Snowden, running mm-hmm. back, sophomore, yeah. one of the transfers. Yeah. Extremely, extremely fast guys, what we've heard. And I've seen it at practice. He looks really good. I also want to go to Jordan Clemens. He's a freshman. He's been taking a good amount of reps. Jose Corbo also taking a lot of reps. The Miami guy. Yeah. A mm-hmm. lot of Cutler Bay. Yeah. And then you have – um. Shabor and Demps also taking a lot of reps, but those guys, I would assume those guys, again, I think they're going to be mainly scout team guys. Yeah. Mainly not getting much play. I think they'll redshirt. I, I really think the room's going to be Lawrence, Owens, Patterson, and Snowden. I think yeah. that's what it'll end up being, especially Snowden. I, I think that's the name that you, I think a lot of us need to keep an eye out for. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm still wondering, though, if he's a possibility to be on, you know, kick returner as well. That's the that's kick thing. Yeah. yeah, that's the one we lost thing. Tyrese. And right, then obviously yeah. uh, EJ Wilson and Flex were there. So I could see a guy like Snowden taking that spot um, this year. But definitely we'll find out more, um, you know, at practice coming coming days. One yeah. one last thing I'd like to talk about with the, with the running back position is that no, no matter who has the ball in their hands, I really want to see some more creative play calling when it comes to how they run the ball. Because there were a lot of instances last season where FIU would begin drives or begin first downs with a draw play that would net maybe one or two yards and then they'd be stuck with a second and nine or second and eight. That happened way more times that I was that I or anyone else was happy with. So no matter who no matter who gets the ball, I'd like to see them come up with more creative uh, moments in a drive to hand the ball off, maybe on more second and shorts. Or, or or third in inches, but to, to just to just give the running back the ball on first and ten and just say good luck, I, I I'm not a fan of that play call regardless of it's college or professional. And FIU did that a lot last season, and and shocker they punted uh, one one of the most in all of conference USA last season. So uh, I'd really like the play calling uh, for the running game to be uh, much more creative. Next room I want to talk about is the wide receiver room. Um, Johnny and I have been really diving into this room because obviously the big loss is Tyrese. Uh, he goes to Maryland, transfers out. That was kind of coming. It was a little bit. It was yeah. very good how it ended there with them. He didn't play the final game of the year. Really, no injury there. But this this room is going to be led by Chris Mitchell, Jalen Bracey, and Dean Patterson. Three different leadership styles. I've spoken to all three. They have really been trying to make this room get tighter. Jalen Bracey is a big vocal guy in that room. Then you have. 
Chris Mitchell, not not a big talker. He's more of a lead by example. And then you have Dean, who is vocal but leads by example. He's kind of both of them. And and then, I, I, but but I don't want to really talk about them. As good as they are, and as good as I think they'll be this season with a great quarterback and Grayson, I want to talk about Ross Fournette and Eric Rivers. Two names probably ninety five percent of the FIU fan base has never heard of, because given Ross Fournette was a special teams guy last season, and Eric Rivers is I mean, new. So Fournette, he made some he made some plays. He was a guy that. You know, he he would come in and make plays that kind of would rally a team around. He, I know the big one was he uh, it was a fourth down in the Bryant game, and essentially was a bit of the, the final play. He 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 tried to catch a pass midfield and got hit with penalty on Bryant. That kind of helped propel FIE to the comeback. But we talked about Ross. He's a guy that you know out of the blue he can make a big play, get create a spark for the team, and then um, you also added Eric Rivers who. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Schmack talked about, you know, whoever has done a walk-on for Memphis. Um, Coach Schmack talked about he was a DB originally for Eric Rivers. And Coach Schmack said, hey, you know, I, I think, you know, Eric should be a wide receiver. And what do you know, next this coming year, he transfers to FIU. He becomes a receiver. And every week, he found great things about Eric Rivers. You know, he's a, you know, a grinder. He does his job. He really executes very well. And he's somebody that you talk about the offensive side of the ball. He can come out of nowhere and make some nice plays for you. And I'm excited to see what he can bring um, mm-hmm. you know, to this really very good and a lot of depth in this receiving core. I do think aside from Bracey, Rivers could really be that slot guy moving forward. Mm-hmm. He, he's been playing a lot in the slot with Grace. And he's been, he's been a really good red zone guy. Uh, and then continuing that, and then Ross Fournette, someone who played only special teams last season. I don't know if he played a lot. I, I don't know if he, how much offense he played. I wasn't fully into this team last season, but you know this season, obviously, you look at it. Uh, well, pause. Uh, uh, you know, with Fournette, man, he's been very, very impressive, and it sucks at the same time because he's been getting second team reps. He has not been playing with Grayson James. He's been mainly with Kiwan and Hayden. And I really, really want to see him play with someone like Grayson. I want to see him move up in the depth chart. I do think he's this yeah. wide receiver four type guy. I, and now and I'll ask both of you because obviously last season, Tyrese was in wide receiver one. But this season, there's no clear one. I, no. You, can, you can make the case it's Chris Mitchell. I know, Jake, we were talking with Eric, and he was mentioning, I think, back in the years, there was no real – clear wide receiver one, but they were an array of targets that mm-hmm. quarterbacks had in the past for FIU. Yeah. But by the way, to answer your, to, to answer your uh, uh, question Fournette did not play that much in the actual wide receiver position for FIU. He only in, in, in 12 games of work, he only had nine catches uh, for 55 yards, no touchdowns, but yeah. yeah, that's a bit that to lose a player like chambers, you pretty much have to, uh, take the wide receiver position and flip it on its head because uh, you have that that similar to lexicon similar to flex that is a big player to lose out the drop of a hat and, and of course we wish the best of luck to Tyrese Chambers um, in in his uh, new journey but yeah uh, FIU has always had that sort of offense where there was no real defined wide receiver uh, that could immediately just carry the team on their back the way that T.Y. Hilton did way back in the day, but that was way before him. Uh, he followed uh, FIU football, right? So FIU's offense has always been whoever can do the best job catch the ball when the play is demanded. Yeah, they're going to be going to be looked on, but 
it, it, wide receiver room is interesting because, again, you don't have that cornerstone player anymore. But I got to say, I do like the NFL player like this being the team. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if during the quarter, Jake, you're cutting out like really bad. Jake, 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 you're cutting out horribly. We're going to remove yes, you because yes. you're, com- you're completely frozen. You're frozen. Your Wi-Fi is really not good. And I, I would say restart. So Johnny and I will continue the conversation okay. while you reset. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't see his picture anymore. I, I removed him because he's completely frozen. <laughs> so I guess what he was trying to say is that back in, the, back in the day when he covered, there was no real clear wide receiver one. Johnny can make the case as well, I believe. He it was, was more, you know, everyone kind of did their, their job. You know, everyone kind of got some big catches. Jake? We're good. Can, can you guys hear and see me? You're we a little blurry, but we, we can hear you. But yeah, a little, a little blurry. This do you want to do you want to leave and join I'm again? Uh, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me a sec. The show must go on. Oh, he's good now. <laughs> no, no, he's not. All right. So the other room I want to talk about is the tight end room. Obviously, they lost Rivaldo. Well, you have Jackson McDonald, who was kind of more of a long snapper last season. You have Coach Mack Mac really has a lot of high praise for Jackson McDonald. Yeah, he was. And, yeah. and I thought he wouldn't because McDonald seems like you know, McDonald is a good player, but he's one of those guys who I've seen kind of struggle at times throughout, you know, summer. Am I, am, am, am I good now? Yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah, part of the money. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, you, you pretty much hit the nail on, on the head. Um there's, there's just not a lot for me to say really about the wide receiver position at the moment because there's still so many questions that you have to that have yet to be answered. Is FIU going to adopt a wide receiver one position in which they are designed to carry the team on their back? And if they're meant to be the receiver that defenses look up to, and they'll attempt a double team or the double team, which will create, uh, which will create uh, plays available for wide receiver two or three to uh, really get the ball moving on offense, which is something that, yeah, we haven't really seen for the last couple of seasons. Um, Even when we had Tyrese Chambers, uh, he had some great games, but some of the biggest plays of Tyrese's Chambers' career at FIU were the random long balls that went 50, 60, 70 yards out of the blue, the desperation third down plays that, Johnny, I know you, I know we've seen quite a bit uh, a couple couple of seasons ago when Tyrese really uh, stacked his, his passing yard numbers. So the, uh, so um I'll, I'm gonna I'll keep my thoughts on the wide receiver room short. I like what I've seen with 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 Mitchell and Patterson Hooker as well. Um, uh, if any of them turn out to be an amazing receiver that can that can fill in the shoes of Tyrese Chambers, then go for it. But that's a tough that's a tough task. Yeah, and, and actually another guy who stood out, Mike Jackson. This mm-hmm. guy is. so Super fast. He's pro- arguably he's probably the fastest wide receiver in. That's, on, on that's a big name. That's the name Jackson, I want to bring up. And the freshman too, Luby Maurice, Kyle McNeil. Luby Maurice may yes. have made the play of the summer. I want to say the other day, 50-50 ball. I believe this was. I want to say it was Grayson who threw it. It was either Grayson or Kiwan. Amazing catch by Luby Maurice. The one thing that Coach Jay and Coach Mack have been emphasizing. With Luby Maurice, the incoming freshman, I want to say, is the fact that this guy is a big 50-50 ball guy. You'd lob it up, and he may or may not catch it, but most of the time he will make the play and he will make that catch. And I believe he will get a lot of playing time this upcoming season. Yeah. 
So how about Rowdy Beers for the tight end position, eh? <laughs> oh, Rowdy Beers. I've yeah, that's another dude. one too. They've been solid, yeah. They, they've been solid. And, and the fact that they brought in Rocky as well, that, that's all of a sudden you have a kind of fun uh, 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 battle s- similar to that of the Kelsey brothers in the NFL. Maybe it won't go that far because the Kelsey brothers in the NFL are absolutely amazing. But it, it, it is cool to see a story like that. And initially, Rowdy Beers was trending simply because of his name, right? But now you throw in Rocky Beers as well, and, and, and wow, all, all of a sudden you have another story to go on top of what – Social media has already loved in uh, uh, a name like Rowdy Bears. I saw somewhere on social media this guy made a starting lineup, a starting college football lineup was based on the funniest names by position. Of course, Rowdy Rowdy Bears. I think Rocky made it, not Rowdy. Rocky, we we got Rocky and Rowdy on the team. So right, the Beer Brothers. Mm -hmm. We got. I don't know know how much we're we're allowed to mention it, but Rocky has been limited. I will keep it as that. He's been playing. He's been playing a lot, but he's been limited. I believe Adrian Cole was the other one. I don't think he's limited anymore. Obviously, we're not. I'm, I don't know how much injuries we're allowed to talk here, but you know, obviously Johnny knows that firsthand. But yeah, some guys have been banged up a little bit, but it hasn't been too serious. Only ones that are obviously in red, which means no action, and obviously once fans are able to come and they'll see who is red and who isn't. It's Armani Jones and, and and Flex. So those are red. They're completely out for the year. Obviously, that was given Achilles for, for Jones and ACL for Flex. But anything else we want to touch up on football? Because we're already 41 minutes in. and I, <laughs> I knew the football it. discussions would take quite some time. but We uh, don't have the defense either. We didn't talk defense. Oh, my God. I hate the defense position the has defense. a bunch of stories. We got to talk about the defense. I guess we're going to have to spend another 40 minutes talking about the defense because <laughs> – I, I will say the defense has been pretty impressive for the most part. Obviously, you're you're they brought in a lot of guys who knew the three four defense very well, mm-hmm. and that's something that FIU struggled with making that adjustment to the three four. Obviously, new philosophy. We spoke to Coach Dewitt; he was very pumped out pumped about the. Oh, he's a, he's a, was awesome, awesome. It was an awesome interview. Um, he did say that the safety position is up in the air. CJ Christian was there last year. He made some huge plays. Uh, I believe it was Demetrius Hill at safety position as well. Dorian Hall, obviously, key losses there, especially with Hill and Hall. Um, those are the big-time losses there for FIU. But then you look at what they did at the defensive line. You bring in Cloud Larkins, who I'm a big fan of. He's been very impressive. Uh, the Whitman spoke very well about him. Uh, you bring in Jack Daly, someone else mm. who's a – um, I believe I think it's a zero nose tackle. Correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny. Yeah, from Brian. Yeah. Yeah, from Brian. You bring in JT Anderson for the cornerback position, someone who's been standing out a lot, and then you have um Ezekiel Masses on there. So he's been on a couple preseason teams so far. Um, Jeremy Pasmore also, I believe he was just nominated on the watch list for a trophy award. Yeah, yeah it's for uh, like for for leadership and community service. I know that he's a a coach. In, in this time as well, so that's an awesome honor to have. Yes, it is the Werfel Trophy watch list. Okay. So that's what it is. And, yeah, I mean. Donovan Manuel too. Donovan Manuel, the leader that's, of this defense. Yeah. I'm expecting a big year from Donovan. I mean, when you look at the, the accumulated stats from each player in the leaderboards, it's Gaithan Bernadel, and then you have Donovan Manuel. Basically on every type of linebacker thing, it's Bernard Elf. It's it's Donovan Manuel right behind them. 
And then Avery Huff, the University of Miami transfer, that's a big, big acquisition for them. I believe he was a four-star recruit, four-star player, and uh, as you know, going into the recruitment process for high school, he comes to FIU. I spoke to him. I did an article on him. Someone who is very, very, very excited and, and for the opportunity. He did not get much playing time at UM. I believe he went through three coaches, couldn't get an opportunity, and um, he's very excited. He says that the three-four defense was made just for him. So. Uh, he he's in a great position for for FIU, and I think you know and Elijah Taylor Anderson, to mm-hmm. Elijah Anderson Taylor. That's what it is. Let's Very not count out one. Let's not count out one of my favorite defensive players from last season, which I think is going to have a big boost this year. Is going to be Passmore, uh, uh, Jeremy Passmore on that defensive line, and of course, defensive line pretty much had a has had a makeover with a bunch of new transfers. But you have a player like Passmore who, in some games, uh, has has absolutely done a dominant job just wrecking the field that game against uh, Florida Atlantic last year. He was a dog in that game. Right. So um, I'd, I'd like, to, I'd, I'd like to see a player like Passmore absolutely tear up this season, just sort of elevate his game. And if that defensive line is scary and can hunt the quarterback all day, then that's going to make that that's going to give him the offense for FIU better field position on average, because I, I can recall so many, um, uh, offensive uh, series from FIU last year, beginning at the five, beginning at the 10. If they can push the opposing offense back, leading the FIU offense to begin their series at the 30, the 40 or midfield. Oh my God. Grayson James would be licking his chops. He'd love that. So uh, yeah, I, I'd love to see players like Passmore uh, do just that. Yep. So I think we can move on to baseball. We kind of, obviously. Should we, should we take a break, Kevin? Oh, you're right. We have news break. We actually, do have a news 45 break. Forty-five minutes into forty-five. Forty-five minutes. I I knew ahead of time the the football talk would be monumental because there was so much to talk about that uh, we haven't. But yeah, welcome to uh, Jake's news break, your source for uh, some of the latest news in FIU athletics and just FIU in general. So um, let's start off with FIU baseball. The Bethune Cookman Wildcats uh, baseball club has hired. Former FIU infielder and volunteer assistant coach Derek Cartaya as their brand new hitting coach and infield specialist. After five years with FIU, Cartaya ranks 18th all time in program history with 195 career hits and looks to expand his coaching his coaching career at Bethune Cookman, who finished last season with a 33 and 27 record. Next up, FIU Beach Volleyball has announced their brand new head coach Terry Del Conte. Uh, she will join the Panthers as a former coach of the uh, UAB Blazers and Missouri State and is the second coach in the history of the program. Del Conta was also a former player at uh, Missouri State and has two NCAA tournament appearances under her belt as a player. Last season, uh, the beach volleyball team for FIU finished with a 27-20-17 and 17 record and uh, appeared in both the uh, conference and NCAA tournaments. Finally, here's a weird one. An FIU student and soon-to-be graduate is making an impact on families all over South Florida. Gabriela Rojas, who herself is a mother, has looked to help other families with no access to diapers for their children by joining the Miami Diaper Bank, a nonprofit dedicated to collecting and distributing clean diapers to low-income families and homeless children. Uh, Rojas is an executive director of the program and has recently launched a mobile diaper bank in Miami-Dade County. It's a pink van 
full of diapers and resources to assist families in needs. It's rolling all over the county. So congratulations to Rojas uh, for some innovation there and, and best of luck uh, to her and, and, and doing her very unique job. And uh, yeah, that was your look at uh, my news break. So um, one thing we sh- one thing I'd like to say about uh, football that I think I'd love to see everybody else uh, at is the um, that that upcoming uh, practice then Monty's uh, uh, event that's going to going on. What day is that, Kevin? I am posting it up on the screen right now. It is August twelfth. So actually, we're doing a good job by promoting this because. Mm. Not many people are aware FIU is hosting a fan fest is what it is called. It is on August 12th. The practice will run from 7 to 10. And a couple hours later, we will all be at Monty's where you can mm, catch Johnny, okay. Jake, myself. I believe the alumni club is the one hosting this event. So you will yeah. have possibly Coach Ballard, uh, soccer coach. Coach you will Mack have for sure. Coach Mack for sure. Maybe even a couple players will join. Maybe former alumni of FIU. Maybe who knows? Maybe Jonathan Cypress is there. Maybe Rajah Bell. Maybe, maybe, maybe some future, future free food, guests of the podcast. Free food, open bar, thirty dollar entry. Thirty dollar entry. Very, yeah. very, very much worth it. I, I would say when you get as much food as you want and as much drinks for my mm-hmm. folks that are twenty one plus. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you always does great jobs of these fundraisers, but right, like I will um, say, you know, despite the steep price, it's still a very good, you know, yeah, it's it, a great deal. Value. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a good, absolutely. It's a, it's a cool thing because, you know, we talked – remember the positive tour back in May? Kind of like right. it's a good, a good opportunity to network. And talk I would say other, this is even better than the positive yeah, tour. Yeah, I think it's a yes. cool opportunity to talk with other FIU alumni or students, you know. Especially because it's after – it's after it's on the heels of, of, of a practice session, which, by the way, they're, they're going to, of course, let fans show up and watch it and then even get autographs afterwards, right? So that's going to be super cool. Hey, you may get some autographs from – Future NFL stars. You you may get some autographs from us. <laughs> yeah. Those are worth a lot more right now. Yeah, I mean, but no, but it, 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 it should be a super fun day. Um, and again, uh, free 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 food, some awesome drinks, and you get to talk to so many so many people from FIU, regardless of if you're a student or an alumni or just you want something cool to do on that day on August twelfth. I think it's going to be a lights out day. Lights out! Lights out! I knew that was coming. Where's the awesome. video? I was waiting for the video. I you put it. You did it. I just played it. Oh, I didn't see it. Unfortunately, you didn't see it. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah. I but yes, yeah, uh, we'll I'll all also, be there. I'll so we get... watch it back. So I can yeah. August twelfth, right? I believe the Monty's event starts at three o'clock. I believe three to six. From three to six it is the Monty's at Coconut Grove. Yeah. Um, I believe parking is pretty simple there. There's a big not a decent sized parking lot in front of it, mm-hmm. so it shouldn't be a big issue. Obviously, we highly encourage you all to show up and show out. Mm-hmm. And if Jake, you want to say hey to the pause up, if you want to say hey to the pause up crew, we'll be there. We'll be there. And we have a lot in the works, so hopefully yeah. by then we have that worked out. Mm-hmm. We have some big wink, coming wink. To nudge, nudge. Yeah. So, all right. I want to talk some FIU baseball, right? Because there are a lot of moves that went down. Johnny, oh, I will let you. Before we talk about that, let's talk about Ryan Guida. MVP of the Valley. Right. Hell you gotta, you gotta yes. He may be watching. He may be watching. Four, four, I think he had 450. Struck out like eight times and over 130 at-bats. Dude was back-to-back MVPs in the Valley League and proved himself this guy's going to have a big year with FIU. So shout-out to the hit machine, Mr. Guida. Mm-hmm. 
There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what 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 new transfers have caught your eye, Mr. Kevin Barral? For the I think uh, I I the one that uh, has very much caught my eye. And I'm gonna look for the list that Johnny gave me here. It is D two stud Jeff LeCurry from Florida Southern. This man is the future of FIE baseball. And I'm gonna look at this. I'm gonna let Johnny speak on him because he he saw I believe you saw him in person at the Florida League. Yeah, so uh, yeah, the Florida League, which I was interning this summer. Uh, Jeff LaCorey, who played at Florida Southern, which is in the Sunshine State Conference, hit over 320 there um, and was known to be one of the best hitters in this Florida League, played with one of the teams and was just having a monster year. Um, you know, an unbelievable contact hitter and announced that he was uh, transferring to FIU. And I think it's a really big get for the Panthers. You know, he has shown he can hit, obviously, D2, but he can hit against D1 pitchers. And for a team that needs outfielders, he can play in the corners in center at first base. But I think it's much needed for FIU. Obviously, Alex Sanchez has left. Mike Rosario has left. But mm. I love with Corey. The addition, I'm not saying this because I've seen him play. I'm saying this because he's a really good addition. Well, I mean, you've seen Panthers. him play. Well, so you, 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 you saw it. him play. Yeah. So you have a good understanding of exactly. the player he is. Very, a very. I like the swing. It's a very, like... It's a you know it's a very good compact swing and I think a lot of fans will be excited to watch him play come come February. Yeah, and then the and then just to read out the stats very quickly, with Florida Southern obviously D two school, but still D two not easy to play in. Three four five three eighty nine five seventy one nine fifty nine with ten home runs, forty five RBIs, nine stolen bases. Uh, the strikeout is not the greatest. Twenty one strikeouts again, nine walks. Obviously, that's something to work on. But what Johnny was saying, the Florida State League. Uh, 344, 380, 505, 885 with four home runs, 16 RBIs, and uh, 11 strikeouts, five walks. So definitely yeah. something that will help FIU. And when you start projecting this lineup a little bit, uh, he's probably going to be your starting right fielder, I want to say. He also plays first base, but he's been playing in the outfield. Mainly. I would say he actually – he learned he, most of a lot in the floor league. He played was in the outfield, so he can kind of, you know – be more versatile. So I would expect either the corner of left or in center. That's what I, I can definitely see mm. with Corey. Yeah. And, and, and something that Rich Witten himself talked about when he was on the podcast was, yeah, he's been keeping a sharp eye on the Florida league. He's been, he, he's been looking for some of the best talent available that like to play for FIU. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, this, this transfer player sounds like someone that could absolutely make an impact on offense because FIU, God, they they lost a lot of offensive talent I uh, from graduation. I mean, to have Alex Sanchez just gone like just poof, it, he's he's not an FIU Panther anymore. That's a tough. That's a tough. No, shoot no, no, tough. No, no, that we we were there for that final. I don't know. We if you were. were. It was emo- it, it was emotional, right? It, it was, was tough. just seeing him take his last at bat, and I mean, we have seen Alec put up some absolutely insane stat lines game per game and of course johnny and i will never forget uh calling that walk off um that walk off rbi against uh st thomas in minnesota a couple of seasons ago that was awesome that was a great memory wasn't it johnny it was no it yeah, was okay. uh i'm just i'm just, I'm right now i'm just kind of taking it all in right now so yeah, I mean, you 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 you've yeah. been putting in the work with the Florida League, so you've seen as much talent as there is to see that a team like FIU could really look forward to. And also, got to add one more name, Jaquan Smith, who's on uh, my yeah. team, Sanford. He's coming to FIU. Nice, a nice guy who I think will probably play in the corner of right fields. Who has a speed, has a cannon of an arm. Uh, still over twenty bases in this league. Um, 
and I think he's a guy who, uh, with the speed he's going to be top of the order, I think he's a, a threat to steal bases a, a ton mm-hmm. uh, in 2024. Yep. And the other name, all right, so we'll just go down the list, Johnny. I mean, the next one is Nelson Rivera out of USF. He is a catcher. That is a position of need for FIU big time. Um, John, obviously, the, the main guy right now is Brendan Rooney. Uh, and aside from that, you lost, I believe, Paladar, Craig Paladar, no longer with the team. He was a pretty good player for the most part. This season with um, South Florida, USF, pretty down season, big down season for him. 206, 272, 284, 556, two home runs, 11 RBIs. Actually, that is a really bad season, Jesus Christ. But obviously, you get the guy behind the dish. You bring in some depth, much needed. Uh, Johnny, just talk to us a little bit about what um, FIU is getting in, in Rivera. Yeah, I think you talk about it. It was a, a tough year for him last year. But, you know, in his freshman and sophomore year, he was really a catcher. He was named a watch list player for the Buster Posey Award, which is given to the top collegiate catcher. Um, you know, so he, he has shown he could be really good and obviously a tough last year. But I think you come back to a new a new setting at FIU, I think it would be a chance really, really for him to, to, to improve and to a catching position, you know, that, well, you know, Coach Wooden says you want a lot of depth there. So um, I like the addition and it brings in a, another guy that you kind of expect that, you know, is off a, not a great year, but he, he's looking to bounce back. And we saw last year a lot of guys had – you know, tough years in their previous schools. They came here to do really well. Good example is Mike Rosario from Miami. Goes to FIU and hits over three, you know, 20 in a, in a season. Yeah. So I can see a guy of, of his nature really having a, a good bounce back year if uh, everything goes this way. But Jonathan Mayer, the, the the position I'm interested in the most to hear with these transfers is absolutely in, 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 in the pitching category. So I, I, I want to know what um what upcoming pitchers I know I know they have that that player that was literally just drafted by the the Marlins that intends uh, I, I think we I think it's safe but we can say is he intends to play with FIU what, what what can you tell me about him and what he can bring to the table Yeah I know uh we talked with coach and he's a, a young freshman out of Pennsylvania that you know he could throw you know throw upper or early nineties low nineties but Throwing low 90s at, at, at the age of 18, mm. you definitely think that if he progresses well at FIU and by junior year, he can throw near, you know, mid-90s as well. So I think he'll be a good development project for FIU. You know, Kevin already discussed a lot about it in his article here a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Got drafted by the Marlins, which just shows. Oh, oh, oh you, you, you mean the one that's on the pause-up page, our brand-new website? that you, We haven't spoken about that on go here. Go and check it out. We haven't spoken about it on here. We haven't spoken that that. Was that not the perfect segue to talk about it real quick? The pause up page, the brand new spot for all articles made by Kevin, Johnny, myself, and other interesting and noteworthy people that we're going to bring on. Not to mention an archive for all episodes of the Pause Up podcast. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. cool site. You should go check it out. It is pause. Up, it is, I believe, the pause up page dot blog. So we will put that we, in the description. We, we also of every have video. the. Uh, if you check any of our social medias, uh, X, Instagram, or even Threads, if you're still using that somehow, we have the links to the website on our uh, on our pages. So definitely go and check those out. Yeah. All right. Tristan Dietrich, hit us, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, Not I was say, you Talk know more it. than me. I feel like a little bit. You know, you're you're the Marlins guy, and uh, I feel like you would have you would have a better realm of. Uh, but what I said, he throws you know lower nineties. I think he's a good project for FIU. I'll say mid, mid-90s, mid-90s. Mid-90s. I'll, get you, I'll get you the arsenal. He sent me the arsenal. Oh. 
Let me find even it. better because we got yeah. we got the whole. Because the Lord knows the Marlins could use some 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 pitching, right? Fastball, uh, you're right. Lower nineties. Fastball ninety ninety one. He's touched. He touched ninety four at the at the MLB Combine. Ah. Uh, Changeup of eighty four to eighty six. Sweeping slider seventy eight seventy nine. Curveball seventy four seventy five. He hasn't thrown the curveball as his primary pitch in the past, but he's been working on it this summer. A pitch he really wants to incorporate. I think this guy could be a, a, a midweek starter this season. I would like to see him yeah. that spot a couple times. Um, but mainly, I think this guy's ceiling is conference Friday night starter for FIU. And if you add, if you, add you know, that's, that's a, those are nice lefties. Ryan Kaparkas, Tristan Dietrich. I mean, I'm going to sure to see and how Probably, I mean, you're, you're getting a very young starting group in, in the weekend games. You would have probably yeah. Kaparkas, you would have Dietrich, and then you would have Pinero. Who, or even Kevin who's, Martin, that's another name. Kevin Martin as well, yeah. who was really good out of the bullpen. I think this team obviously has struggled with the bullpen, Johnny. You would say that firsthand. We were there for almost every single game this season. They struggled a lot in the bullpen. And I think that, that's the big thing. I would love to have Kevin Martin in the back end of the bullpen. I believe Jackson Ritchie is still there with FIU. Back, yeah. you know? So he would kind of help you in that department. I know he was, he was a conference starter. That's where we got into that season. Cam so, Knox as well is back. Cam Knox as well. Yeah, there was a couple of moments where this team struggled, but I do yeah. want to ask you about the other pit, the other catcher. He was on your team, the the the, the River Rats. Oh just... yes, uh, Jacob McKenzie. He's he wasn't a... there for too long, but he was there. And he was there. He actually, uh, by the end of the year, he was he had the, the highest batting average and the good amount of bats he had. So we'll see with him. Obviously, a freshman, so you don't know based on how that works. But uh, um, I like what I saw from him. Um, you know, he's he catched some really good pitchers in the league, so I'm excited to see him. So. You know, overall, I'm a big Stanford guy, so root for Jacob, root for Jaquan, but uh, we'll see how everything falls out, falls yeah. into place come uh, 2024. Feels like a long time away because we're, we're not even into the, the regular slate of, like, soccer. So baseball is, is long way far, but, I mean, you got to be excited for baseball, you know? That's, yeah. that's the best part, you know? There, there's, there's always a good story, especially because, yeah, both both batting and pitching definitely took a hit at the end of this season with either the transfer portal or, or, or graduations. Right. So there's all, there's always a brand new need for this baseball program, especially because they've, they've been very consistent with even getting players drafted into the big leagues. Of course um, we we've seen that over the years. Of course, shout out Logan Allen, who has had some, who has put up some pretty solid numbers in, in, in the big leagues for Cleveland. And um, for Austin Shetton, he's about right. to very soon. Oh my God, he's been really good. Yeah, yeah. He's another Panther that could be uh, called up soon. So yeah. Wait, what is this? <laughs> Why is this funny? It's not funny. All right, delete comments. We're not gay guys. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next guy I want to bring up, Chase Engelhard. He is okay. a second baseman shortstop right fielder out of Tulane. Uh, he, in Tulane, hits, he was another, another really bad season, 211, 268, 344, 612, with two home runs, seven RBIs. And then in Trenton, he actually hit a lot better there, 264, 371, 302, 673, with uh, seven RBIs and eight walks. This was in the summer league, so... Uh, obviously, I think it would be more of a filler for Dante Girardi, who entered the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you also you have Stephen Odina, who entered the transfer portal, and he is now with Arizona. And I think, yeah, Arizona State. So, 
also we have to keep in mind we we talk about the big losses at FIU we also have to talk about the big losses in in baseball man did they lose some guys uh, Traversio's gone mm-hmm. Ruben Carpio's yeah. gone you also have Steven Odina Dante Girardi who was a really good player for FIU he's also gone I believe uh Lariga's also gone yeah a lot of guys are gone I think that's the point but oh, Casos is gone too Casos is gone but I would say look you look at it and obviously it sucks losing a lot of guys but you definitely see now is is Coach Wood is trying to build something that, you know, he wants to start. And obviously, last year, you know, you had a lot of guys that, you know, not were part of the recruiting class, but would stay here and play really well. But you kind of feel like, you know, coming into year two, it's, 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 you kind of feel like now it's going to be wins kind of build based on, you know, the guys he recruited, the guys he brought in. So I'm excited to see what brings in year two. And, and we talked about how great it was in year one with, you know, the most wins or, you know, being the win total from, from 2022. So I think 2024, this will be another step in the right direction and trending towards, you know, keep on building back to where this program used to be with Danny Price and and what, what he brought and most wins in FIU uh, baseball history. Any other names you want to bring up, Johnny? Because uh, I think we're hitting the hour marker. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, other than that, you guys. We're way past what... the hour marker, Mr. Kevin. Yeah. Those are the main ones. Couple of names too that I'll bring in the bottom two that I I, I know that are coming to FIU Keyshawn Fred at a Seminole State and Austin Deering at a State College of Florida. Keep an eye out on Keyshawn Fred. He was one of the best JUCO players in the nation. Hit over ten home runs. He's a big guy. I think he'll be a big one. And another name I forgot to note: Alex Ula um, at a Miami College was actually drafted in the fourth round a couple of years ago by the Houston Astros, but but instead. Is still, um, you know, playing college baseball. Um, was recruited at University of Florida, but now with FIU, he's a guy, a shortstop that I think will have a good year. Um, you know, a lot of talent, so I'm excited to see what he can bring as well um, to this Panther program. So Keyshawn Fret, um, last season, and actually no, in 2023, um, 345-543-744-1.179 with. 20 home runs and 44 RBIs. I'm telling you, this this guy, we talked, Guida hit tons of home runs in the river. He hit more than Guida. I think this this guy is, is a huge, is it going to be a fun player to watch? I think he'll be a very surprising player. Probably, where, where would you put him? Third base? He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a, on the corner. So I definitely think he'll be the, the starter. Just like Jake, Jake is like shocked. <laughs> did, did, I, I, I did not, first of all, I'd like to acknowledge that Kevin thought before this episode that we there'd be like a thirty minute jaunt, I didn't <laughs> and and, and we've cracked jaunt. the hour mark. But yeah, uh, no, just uh, the amount of the amount of depth depth that a team like FIU can generate as far as transfers and 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 signings from some lower division colleges is is super exciting, especially because there's still so much time before they even start to do practice practices and whatnot for baseball. So it's, 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 it's interesting to see the moves that Rich Witten has already made in his, by the way, his, his, his second, his now going to be his second season as a coach. We, we saw ups and downs with, with uh, how Witten has handled the team last year. So to see uh, him, to see him, him bounce back and, and, uh, Pretty much have total control in year number two. I'm gonna be interested to see interested to see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, personally, just the I think we I think all of us can agree here. The pitching absolutely did leave FIU uh, down in, in in a lot of games where the offense actually was solid. Of course, they they had that they had that at least get one run in streak. For a good chunk of the season, that really wasn't broken off until like the very end, I believe. It was with FAU. 
Yeah. So that it, it was crazy how good the offense looked at times for FIU baseball last season. Uh, if they can get a pitching core that can actually work with the offense to uh, keep uh, to just keep the opposing team at bay, uh, it, it'll be exciting to see. And will we finally see FIU knock off Miami in baseball? They made it competitive, so it's they it's made it. Extre- they made it extremely competitive. I will say, UM lost a lot of talent. No yo yo, no more Levinson. Yeah, they lost a lot of talent, so it's possible. It I don't possible. think UM is going to be that good this year. We'll, we'll 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 need to save our our thoughts for FI for how the season is going to look. And I guess for some reason, talk about Miami baseball as well uh, when we get closer to the actual baseball season. Because so just to wrap up here, I think because uh, you know we're already going to hit an hour twenty very soon here. If we talk about soccer, we will get to two hour marker. So we're going <laughs> to soccer. We'll post the schedule. We're going to need to bring in Liam Rooney for a discussion about soccer. We'll bring in Liam. You know what? Uh, let's get let's let's get Liam on. He's busy soon. right now though with with all the he's he's doing the reporting up. Yeah, in he's putting in the work in Tallahassee. He's putting the work. Yeah, we we'll get see, Liam we on. See, very we soon. get Liam on. He's, we'll he's see so... if we could do. We'll see if we could do to a, a two episode a week type thing at some mm-hmm. point to get to squeeze mm-hmm. Liam on here. He's the soccer the FIU soccer guru. Uh, I mean, obviously, Johnny and I, we love FIU athletics, but man, do I not know a lot about FIU soccer. You will <laughs> probably help us out here. How many people can say the same thing about Inter-Miami before before they got messy? I will say, I was a day about. one guy. I was a you, day one Inter-Miami fan. I think, you know, You've been an Inter-Miami fan your whole life. I'll say this. Yes. We all live in South Florida. We're all day one people. You know, we're not bandwagons. Yeah. You know, we all lived here. We all, you know, we saw the team. I don't I don't care if we didn't watch a game. I'm a day one. Okay? I'm a day one. Of course. I've been a day one. I'm I've not going to admit that I haven't watched game. a game, but I'm a day, I'm a day one. Of I've, I've watched a lot of I, – I watched when the first season came up. I watched almost every game. And I actually have one – I have a picture of an Inter-Miami player on my wall. So, Robbie Robinson. Shout out to him. He was the number one overall no. pick when they did the, the draft, the MLS draft. So, he a Clemson product, Robbie Robinson. He Wayne, obviously, he was here. I was just, I was, I was at his last game. They lost that one. Mm. I saw Robert Taylor from the start. He's a god. Him and Messi are gonna mm. be a great duo. So yeah, what we won't talk well, about. Well, we won't talk much. We won't talk much about men's soccer, right? However, uh, they did recently unveil their schedule, right? And uh, a lot of just pull it up. Just pull it up real quick. I think that's okay. the move we could do. Yeah, it's, it's a schedule. It's a, it's, it's. I want to say it's a gauntlet, but it's a schedule it, it's, that Coach Russell proved that, hey, we're top team in the nation. Let's prove it with the, our non-conference league. Now, as Jake is pulling it up, Johnny and I, let's let's kind of go through this baseball project. Let's let's go. I, through I already pulled up the schedule. God damn it. All right. <laughs> I had it on my open on my other screen, but D2, anyway. D2, D2, D2 teams. All right. That's exhibition. That's exhibition. These, are, these are friendly. So Nova, Southeastern, and Barry, there are a couple of South Florida schools that they Oh, they're like nerd. They're next week. Right. Yeah. Oh. All right. I'll, we'll football be and soccer seasons are relatively around the same time. So we'll keep be that there. We'll be there. Anyway, the season real actually kicks off at Oregon State. An interesting. Um, That's a really. You first of all, you're going to Oregon. You're going all an the interesting P five opponent that they yeah. that they begin the season with, but uh, they they come back home play two teams they don't often play in VCU in Central Arkansas. Rich Witten's former school, right? VCU. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely, you can catch Rich Witten at the game. He's going to be there, no doubt about it. Then, then you play UCF. Yeah. Now, the rematch against New Hampshire, the team that that 
FIU in New Hampshire in the NCAA tournament went to like how many how many shootout rounds like 12, 12 I think 12. it was the longest it was the longest uh, shootout in uh NCAA tournament yeah to see that rematch at home too that is going to be an absolutely packed house. That is that is going to be some content. They're going to have to add a lot more bleachers to that stadium, man. No, the, no oh yeah, they absolutely do. By the I'm way, glad. ranked New Hampshire, then ranked Akron, uh, the next game too. So immediately ranked, ranked, and then you begin the season against uh, a team that received votes as well. So um, Temple for Temple is alumni night, so definitely that the place the uh, FIU soccer is going to be rocking for that. Yeah, you get into your conference schedule now. You have Memphis, University of South Florida, then you get UAB, uh, Southern Methodist, again, another ranked opponent, and uh, St. Mary's as well. That That's a two-game homestand there. Then th- then you're on the road for two games against Florida Gulf Coast and FIU. These are two teams that F- that um, FIU uh, always plays. Florida Gulf Coast is a team that they have historically done well against. Same goes for FAU. Um, who, of course, also moved from Conference USA to the uh, AAC. Then then your final home game is on October 27th against Charlotte. Uh, and then you wrap up the season with with probably a critical game for conference standings against a ranked uh, Tulsa team. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive more into what we can expect from every game when we get a person like Liam on the show, because, yeah, Liam knows best, but... A lot of ranked opponents, a lot of two or three two game homestands sprinkled here and there, and some tough road games here uh, as well that'll define uh, this team. Because yeah, just like football, just like baseball, they lost a lot of amazing talent. There, however, I think FIU soccer's recruiting abilities are second to none. Um, they, That's they, true. Yeah, Kyle this Russell. Does a, I, an amazing I hate job. to say it. I hate to say it, but this is a soccer school. Yeah. <laughs> We found that out the last couple of seasons. The support of the soccer it team. Could definitely be, it could definitely be a football school. If I it could. This season, well, too. Look, su- success drives attendance. Attendance drives money back to the program, right? Soccer has done such an amazing job at that because they're back-to-back conference champions, for crying yep. out loud. So, uh, yeah. Uh, just Alrighty. Probably bring that up uh, right there at the end. Yeah. So, I think we could wrap it up. Unless actually, before we wrap up, very very quickly, we need to do this baseball projection. So, okay. very quickly, uh, we'll all agree on it because we're not we can't do three projections. Catcher, we're going Brendan Rooney, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. First I don't see obviously, we could all agree on Adrian Figueroa. Biggie. Mm-hmm. Second. That's not, uh, see, I'm still I'm still trying to figure out. It's, it's... Third, we'll put Fred. Fred. Okay. Left Kevin, I, th- I think it's too early. Don't you no, think it's a little too yeah. early? This, this is, this is, we're calling this the way too early. The F- way F- too F- early projection. Okay. Well, now, now, now that it has that moniker, I guess it – Yeah. Okay, now it counts. Sense. It counts. So, so I think left field, you put McCory. McCory at right. No. Or no, right. left. Center. Center or left, and then I got yeah. I got center. I don't know right field. Oh no, Lecury, Lecury, you put him at left. Left center is still up for grabs. Jaquan right, Smith, I got right. Jaquan is right field. He's a corner guy. Okay, center is wide open then. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. I guess second base you have you know um, Austin Deering as well from State College of Florida, Chase Inglehart from Tulane. A lot of guys that to find out. And then shortstop is another big one. Oh, Cavedo. Cavedo, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. And then, and then starting pitcher day one? I think Marcus. Marcus. Ryan. Back-to-back years. Okay. Yeah. And then obviously when, 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 do you, when do we usually uh, figure out the uh, schedule for baseball? Like a month Ooh. in advance? That's at, That'll be December. Like December. 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 Okay. Yeah. So – Boy, that's still we got a, we got a long way. That's time. we got that's like a, that's a whole other that's like a, when a football season ends. That's like you know yeah. Then then the pause up and everything else shifts to uh, baseball cup. Spring and then we got basketball too. Can't forget about men's basketball. Now that's that conference schedule came up when we saw. Yeah, the conference game. schedule came out, and we also found out that they're opening up the season on the road against UCF. Going to I, I, I heard you and I heard Kevin and Johnny. You're going to make the trip up. I might have I might have to. Uh, uh, steal a spot in the car and join. Let's do it. One more thing: the Cayman Islands too. FIU going the to the Cayman, Cayman Islands classic. That is, that is really tempting. We'll talk. You about could it. tell how excited Arturo Dean was when he was on the show. Oh, how much yeah. he was excited to just be able to go there for a weekend. Dude, get blown out by no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I would love for FIU to go back to the Bahamas Bowl in football, just so we can have an excuse to go there. Dude, no, we're given go. that I'll be traveling with the team, I'll be able to go to the Bahamas. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I'll be traveling yeah. with, the, with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Any right. final thoughts, kids? No, I think I just, I'm, I'm excited. Football seasons. We got football season around the corner. We got. We got. Yeah. I didn't know soccer started next week. Soccer. Well, that's next, well still, and we. Well, I'm just essentially we got the whole school year starting. I know we got classes and whatever, but nothing like going back and then we got football and. All the great sports coming up, and another great year of yeah. FIU athletics. First day of school, August twenty first. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. one last reminder. Except for Jake. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a stupid grad. But uh, go to Fan Fest on August twelfth. It's going to be such a fun day. Uh, go to practices, support the team, get some cool autographs. I know they all, they always have some fire posters ready for uh, players and coaches to always? sign. Uh, always. And then Monty's later in the day. Mm-hmm. It should be a great time. And always get got one more thing. We got Vice Unis. That's coming soon. Vice Unis. I'm hearing this talk of a they released the themes for every home game. One of them is retro is a retro theme. Yeah, way way back ones. Lasers. Yeah, way back ones there. I saw I saw one. I don't know if it was a jersey concept. It was a concept. It was a concept that looks super fucking it looks super clean. Now I don't think they're gonna actually do that. They might have like a, a patch or something on their helmet about Sunblazers, but don't expect them to just suddenly drop Sunblazers throwbacks. They would have announced. I would it. look. I would. They would have announced it way ahead of time, like they've done with the Vice Unis. No, you never know. Keep it. In, they, yeah, they, you they never announced. They never announced the football fields in advance. They would announce it like the day of the game or the day before. Well, they announced ahead of time that there would be a different design for the yes, field. That is true. I would expect a Sunblazer field. I wouldn't expect a Sunblazer uniform. I do. I will. I can confirm the fact that they will have a different type of field for every game. Yeah, they, they they confirmed that almost when the season ended last year. That oh yeah, it was a success. We're gonna do it again. It's a it's a nice promo. You know, it's a good market. It's, it's cool. Yeah. I still remember when the Vice Field trended on on like ESPN. Picked it up on there. social media. It was super cool seeing it in person too. Oh, that was that was awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. So I think we will wrap it up here. We'll be back next week. We have a very cool guest. I wouldn't say it's our big. Well, it's a pretty big guest. We've had some big guests, yo. Two minutes. Billy Gill. Two Two minutes. minutes. Dos minutos. That's all. That's that's the only hint we'll give you, but. 
Former FIU alum hopping on. That is so. such a massive hint, Kevin. What were you even thinking giving out that? It hint? was Johnny who said it. No. Oh, Johnny! That's all. That's all. Hey, that, look, that, well, we could do this. Look, look, look this, this, the guest is absolutely bringing the heat with uh, the, the topics that we're going to talk about. Unfortunately, he's not. it's not lights out, but it's bringing the heat. Yeah. You know who got All right, later, everybody. All righty, folks. From Johnny, from Jake, from myself, and to everyone who watched today, we'll say this. Pause up, and we'll see you guys next week. Big show.